0: chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast (laughs) Um, my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it
1: all right hello and welcome back to another episode of the chase thomas podcast where i'm still the aforementioned chase thomas coming to you live from knoxville tennessee down there in tequila georgia my good friend fellow university of north georgia alumni matt green matt good evening sir how are you
0: Good evening, sir. It is uh, it is good to be back for week nine. Uh, man, can't wait. It's college football season. It's just, we wait all year for it, and now it's already halfway over. It's just insane how quick it flies by. you skipping? I guess Are this, is, a, I guess this you... is the true halfway point, right?
1: I think we're past the halfway point a little bit.
0: Seven games. Yeah. yeah, we're just over halfway. This is game then eight for Tennessee. It. This will be game eight this week. So, yeah, but then you got... So, if you have postseason, you have bowl games, big 13 or a conference championship would be 13 games. Who knows?
1: Like you're not but telling have- Rutgers fans who are at the midway point. Like their season's wrapping up pretty soon. That's fair. A lot of schools. It's uh wrapping up pretty soon. But no, I mean, I think it's more of like the stretch run. This is like the the bread and butter. I think there's two different great parts where it's like the beginning when you're just happy it's back. Like that first couple of weeks of just like, oh, wow, actual football's back. And you're just in that. That's why I think it's fun to always schedule at least one big game early to just get that excitement back up and like just get your blood pumping like Pitt, Tennessee was and then like Georgia, Clemson was last year. And then I mean, even Georgia, Oregon this year, like you want something like that to get you amped up for the start of the new season. And then you have a couple cupcakes, whatever. And then you get like your schedule is not that bad. Like, I mean, Georgia fans to an unreal extent right now they have kind of just had to wait for uh, a lot of their big games that are all coming down the pike, like getting Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, um, all this late in the year. You're just kind of like, all right, can we get to the fun stuff? Can we get to uh, where we actually, Uh, and Mississippi state too, should throw that in there. But like that, those are the big ones. So, I mean, this is a, this is a big weekend. Um, I love that it's, it's set up in a way where you don't have to like, pay attention to two different games at once. If you really like Penn State and Ohio State's at noon, Georgia, Florida is at 3.30 and Tennessee and Kentucky is at uh, seven. So having those games all uh, separate is great. I'm glad that I don't have to like worry about paying uh, close attention to two games simultaneously that I really wanna see uh, while they're happening on Saturday. But this is a big weekend across the board. Like we should tell folks, if you didn't get to the pumpkin patch last week, uh (laughs) you're you're out of luck probably the rest of the way especially for our georgia folks back home and our uh east tennessee folks you you missed the boat because now it's just full steam ahead like we're talking playoff this week players are getting asked about the playoff uh, at tennessee um and where their heads are at like the first rankings come out next week this is this is just big time football the rest of the way and just high 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 pressure football uh the rest of the way for. Both of our teams and uh, plenty of others who are in big games this weekend, but very very excited.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, that's the team. true stretch run. It's like once the playoff rankings come out, it's mm-hmm. like okay, this is this is the home stretch. Things things are getting real now. Things
1: are getting real, and the best part is it gets settled on the field. Like a lot of this is going to get settled on the field, and we'll see uh, who remains when the dust settles. But um, and,
0: and as far as uh, Georgia's schedule goes, it's it's like. Uh, Florida's always kind of been that, that final like checkpoint of like, is the season going to be a success or a failure? You, you beat Florida because then there's been years where Auburn's down and it's like, Florida's the last real, I mean, historically Kentucky, you know, they're kind of a bottom feeder, Kentucky tech. And if Auburn's down and then that November cupcake, it's like, there's, there's years where Florida's that like last hurdle mm. in Georgia's season. And this year it's like the whole month of November before the Georgia tech game, it's like ranked (laughs) opponents. Like it's, it's gonna, it's a a really different vibe this year.
1: I mean that you have a four week stretch now that's going to push Georgia in a way that we haven't seen them pushed in a while. Like obviously getting Tennessee at home's good for the dogs, but neutral side against Florida, you go to, you get Tennessee at home the following week. Then you got to go to Kentucky and then go to Mississippi state. And then get tech. I mean, that's just a lot back to back to back. A lot of physical teams. A lot, um, a lot going to be thrown at the dogs, um, over the next month. But this is also what you want to do. Like this is the best part of the college football season, right?
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Speaking of that, there's been a lot more talk about uh, Georgia Florida uh, going home and home and what they're going to do. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the rivalry? You, you think they should should keep it neutral site? Do you think they should go home and home? Sounds like Kirby is like set. That's why I feel like it's going to happen. The the contract is up in 2023 Mm -hmm. and that they released a joint statement, like the two schools released like a joint statement this week that like about the contract being up. And I think there's an option to renew it to like 2025 or something, which sounds like what a lot of people think is going to happen. But after 2025, like, I think Kirby is going to get his way. I think it's going to turn to like a home and home. I'd like to see the home home
1: neutral home that's home. what i was gonna say is that, that i think is the best way of doing it is you still have it maybe not every year for recruiting and whatever you want to do and you want and like i think georgia fans probably would prefer it right like to get florida in athens every couple of years like it would be more fun to be able to go to a georgia game at home with florida like i, I think it's just it would be more fun like if you think about it there <laughs> if tennessee and Uh, i don't know tennessee and kentucky had this rivalry where it was just set up that they would play at like the chief stadium at arrowhead forever that would
0: be that would make no sense but if they played in i don't know nashville how about the titan stadium yeah
1: yeah you're like do we really have to preserve this or would you rather actually just play in our Mm -hmm. home or like where are two people that champion the getting rid of neutral site games and that they're just not good for the sport and you'd rather have them on college campuses versus uh, NFL stadiums. But I think it's a little bit different with like Texas, Oklahoma, a little bit different for Georgia, Florida than the other neutral site games. It's just yeah. a little bit different.
0: It actually has the built-in tradition within the rivalry. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's like at, at one point, Auburn, Alabama was was this neutral site game until it wasn't. And I actually... I looked at it like it was. It's kind of interesting because Alabama, I guess, kind of considered Birmingham more home than Auburn did. Tennessee used to only um, play Alabama in Birmingham. But but if you look at it, in '89 was the first year where they played at Auburn. But then starting in '93, they started playing home and home, and they were still Alabama was still playing its home game in Birmingham. So like '93, mm. '94, it's like Auburn, Birmingham, Auburn, Birmingham. It It's not until 2000 that they actually played in Tuscaloosa. I hmm. mean, um, it's other than I think like one time in like the thirties or something, but yeah, I mean, and it's like, that's such a huge, like you hear recruits talk about it, like being at the kick six game and stuff like that being the reason they went to Auburn, just like these different atmospheres. And I think Kirby, and that's what Kirby's always talked about that, that, uh alabama lsu rivalry just for like a decade straight was just essentially like an nfl showcase there'd be like 45 future nfl players on the field at any given time and every single recruit wanted to be at that game and it's like all of that attention is on your campus you're hosting them you're 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 showing them everything so i think it's only a matter of time um but i would like to see there is something to the jacksonville thing that i don't want to see it gone forever
1: that's fair. Um, unless uh, the
0: Jags go to London or something, then then it might that might be the ultimate uh, ending uh, to the to playing in Jacksonville.
1: There you go. Um, we'll see. I think ultimately, like you said, Kirby's going to get his way. So I, I think it's a moot point. I think once it was like kind of set out there, and like Kirby made it a point that he wanted to move on from this, it was like, okay, the wheels are in motion. Like this is this is ending. Whether or not you want it to stay, like this is not where the wind is blowing. So. Um, but we shall see when that eventually you said it's 2025 when it the contract
0: 2023 up? Oh, okay. there's an option to extend it to 2025. But okay. um uh yeah, they estimate thirty like over thirty million dollars a year that game generates for the city of Jacksonville. So it's hmm. like it's not gonna do the same in a smaller town like Gainesville or Florida
2: hmm. or,
0: or Athens, but I mean, it it might it might generate twenty million that weekend uh, for Athens, you know, and I mean that would be huge for your and just the exposure it has for your town, just the atmosphere when a big game is in a college town. I mean, it's it's unlike anything other. Yeah, anything else?
1: Um, we'll see ultimately what happens. Maybe Shad Khan, like AEW, comes out and just uh, Chris Jericho puts Kirby in the walls of Jericho to keep them from uh, breaking up the contract. Maybe that's what you have to do there.
0: Jericho is he. Affiliated with the Jags?
1: He's affiliated with AEW and AEW is owned by the son of the owner of the Jags and he works for the Jags. So the Khan family.
0: Gotcha. I didn't mm-hmm.
1: know. That. Tony Khan. A lot, yeah. a lot
0: of moving parts there. A lot like, of moving parts. To keep you around.
1: Yeah. That's why Urban Meyer was like featured in AEW stuff. And like, yeah, um, that was like when he was the coach of the Jags. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that's what you got to do. That's the only way. Um, maybe that's the only way it happens. Um all right well matt green a couple things from nigel our good friend nigel the nighthawk uh has dropped off for us will healy who was considered for the tennessee job he was a rising star um as a head coach in the group of five level a couple years ago at charlotte and look shout out to charlotte for uh rebranding like that was a good move i don't know why it took so long for them to drop the unc part of it the charlotte 49ers works a lot better you just sound bigger it's like not university of florida miami like it just yeah. it didn't work the same you can't there's a difference between unc women like so i'm glad they haven't embraced that, that they are now just charlotte um so i think that will be huge as they continue growing uh, as a program but will healy out they've only won one game to this point this year um but i thought it was interesting football scoop said quote uh he uh, the writer from the piece highlighting Healy's firing saying, quote, that's a really good job. That's going to get a lot of interest. There will be a lot of big time guys who will go after that one. Some names mentioned Campbell University. coach Mike Minner, uh, former safety with the Panthers. Remember him? Um, you also Are got you? He's uh, on that Super Bowl team. Yeah. Larry Porter, running backs coach for North Carolina, who obviously North Carolina's ran the ball really well. Re- in the last couple of years under Mac Brown. Jerry Mack, so this could affect the Tennessee Volunteers, who was a HBCU Head Coach of the Year. Uh, Previously, he's been a star, and he's been great for the Tennessee running back room. He's been considered um, Notre Dame tight ends coach, uh, Gerald Parker. Obviously, uh, Notre Dame's basically tight end you um, in a lot of ways over the last few years. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see who ultimately gets that job, but Charlotte might still. uh, It's been rough. I'm kind of surprised it went the way it did under Will Healy um hope uh maybe he bounces like he just goes somewhere else rebuilds a little bit and then gets another group of five shot but um seems like just didn't work out there but he still uh, i would not count out will healy and i also am just curious to see what charlotte can continue to do because they're in a fertile recruiting ground area they're in a major city um north carolina there's like i said a lot of talent there i'm i'm very curious to see what happens with charlotte in which way they go going forward what do you think
0: yeah, I don't have, I don't have much to add on uh, on Will Healy on Will Healy. You know, uh, you know more about the situation than me. But uh, hey, you can always resurface at a, an Alabama. You know, be an analyst or uh, be an on-field coach. You know, go through the Nick Saban uh, coaching rehabilitation program. It's always an option for him. Hey, even just
1: Tennessee. Analyst. Now we 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 joke about the Alabama analyst. Why not Tennessee analyst? Uh, Will Healy. Let's do it. Um, Pac-12 commissioner says fans not in favor of UC, USC UCLA move. Um, George Clivey. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I have not heard it. Uh, the same way pronounced. Uh, either way, the Pac-12 commish. Um, talking to I think he said like hundreds of fans of uh Pac-12 schools and coaches and whatever not a fan not surprising yeah i'm not surprised to hear that most folks are like yeah this this sucks why do why would we want uh the the super conference moves and uh yeah it's it's got to be weird because i'm imagining it it's not any different for sankey or any other um commissioner commissioners around the sport that like do you know of anyone who's in favor of all of these changes with uh, conference realignment? Like, have you met someone personally, Matt, that's been in favor of it?
0: No, not not at <laughs> all. It's, yeah. There's not one fan. It's like it's one thing, honestly. A Maryland, a, a realistic Maryland fan. That's hmm. the only per. That's the only person because they're like talking about having to cut cut sports entirely if they didn't go to the Big Ten and get more money. Mm -hmm. So it's like, obviously everyone's like understands the financial gain from doing something like this, but like, this isn't shocking at all. Like regional rivalries are the lifeblood of not only college sports in general, but, but college football, like it's just, it's everything. And Mm -hmm. yeah, USC, UCLA, you can still play every year and have your thing. But like you want to play Stanford, you want to play Cal, you want to play Oregon, Washington, like, Arizona, Arizona state, like those are the teams around you. Like that's, like, that's what the tradition, like that's the teams you've grown up playing, disliking, like all that sort of things. It's like, it's just totally tone deaf to just mm-hmm. be like, no, we're going to play Iowa and, and Penn state now. It's like, it's just, it's so just, uh, it's just, it's so unrealistic. Like, mm-hmm. especially with like the d- today and age, when we're talking about, you know, environmental impact and, you know trying to trying to worry about those things gas prices and all this stuff and you're going to just travel across the country for like every single conference game like in a in a football season like it makes no sense especially the other sports like I still don't understand how it's going to work in the other sports like USC playing a 20 game Big 10 basketball schedule and going to going to Rutgers on a Tuesday night like I don't know it's just it's uh it's a terrible like it's a terrible idea like it felt like it felt like with the playoff like college football is driving all of this right mm-hmm. like all the other sports just had to figure out whatever college football decides it felt like the playoff and even expanding it to 12 it was like that was gonna you know kind of pump the brakes and everything we didn't need to have these super conferences because now we can kind of split it up like oh you win your region you go to the playoff and mm-hmm. you know a kind of like high school format where you know exactly the formula it takes for you to to ultimately win the championship but yeah i don't know it it feels like and it's happening soon right like is it starting 2024
1: i think so because i know texas and oklahoma aren't coming now until 2025 but i think that's the plan is but i still This is what's so weird is I don't believe it's just going to be those two in 2024. It makes no sense for the travel. Like, I don't know how you're going to pull that off. I don't know how you're going to have these two California schools just travel all over the country for all these sports and not play any one regional. I just, I don't see it. I I don't see how that works.
0: Yeah. It's like they're, they're turning into like IMG or like Oak Hill Academy. They just play a national schedule and Mm -hmm have no regional rivals or anything. It's just, it's weird. It's not like we, we saw the backyard brawl Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, West Virginia, not playing it for a few years. Like that rivalry, even though we're like, yeah, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, whatever is, is that a, is that a rivalry? I don't, I don't know. Is it, I've never, I've never heard about it, you know, on a national level, a lot of people might not, might not know about it, but it's like the people in that area admit a whole lot too. Like I was honestly kind of surprised once Tennessee came to Pittsburgh, like a week or two later, it was like, oh, wow, they're not getting up nearly as much for this, for this Tennessee game as they did West Virginia. And that might say something about how many West Virginia fans were there too. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the regional rivalries is just what make college football and, and getting rid of that. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a bad, it's a bad idea. I feel like something has, is going to happen to intervene before it, before they actually join the big 10, but. Who knows?
1: We shall see. I think a lot is still to be decided, but we'll learn, I think, a lot more when the TV deals come out um, in the coming. It might be coming days, depending on the reporting you're reading, um, what that's going to look like. And the fact that expansion is now mentioned for the back 12, like, I don't know who they expand with. Like, (laughs) I, I don't know like is it, it would, boise it
0: would just be all the lesser schools right yeah like better respected. san diego state's san diego probably a state lot states and fresno and mm-hmm. boise state like colorado state or something like that like i don't i don't know it's yeah it's, it's a it's a bad look it's not going to seem real to me until mm-hmm. i see a conference game of of penn state usc and mm-hmm. it's just like what what are we doing right now i guess <laughs> i i guess we see that in the rose bowl right but seeing Seeing USC play play in Minnesota in November. or something, you're like, what is what is going on right now? Yeah.
1: um Well, we shall see, Matt Green. Still a lot of time. Um, Aggies three players suspended, and definitely three freshmen um, that it's happened uh, behind the scenes. You had a, a couple players suspended early on this year as well, so there's been issues uh, brewing behind the scenes in College Station. Um, just another just rough 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 season um for the aggies it's just getting worse and um, only one of those guys who was suspended has been a i should say like somewhat consistent player for them but man i am so curious to see what happens this this winter with uh college station like is there a mass exodus from all of these guys from that class that would be wild because this is like the that's the doomsday scenario i think if you're an aggie fan it's just um man they could absolutely all leave in bulk and uh leave as a group and i mean look does walter nolan or should walter nolan make his way back to tennessee based on what he's seen from the vols absolutely should he do it yeah no brainer but outside of that we'll we'll see what happens uh in the with stewart and everybody else but I don't know. Uh, create a horrible season continues to get worse both on the field and off uh, for the Aggies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule that out honestly. Like at this point, like if you would have told me Jimbo was going to be legitimately like fired type hot seat, <clears throat> and I guess we we still don't know that he's actually we don't know that the the seat is that hot from from within, right? But man, if they miss a bowl game. It's like, I think that's the only way that like the firing stuff starts to seem real at that point. And then I think this is what needs to happen. There has to be like an actual like guys leaving the program, like you said, a mass exodus of like all these recruits that came in or are dissatisfied with whatever their role is or whatever the case may be. Like if the culture starts to go sour, like you saw Jim McElwain, right, when the SEC East. Each of his first two years at Florida, one bad season and he was gone, not because of the one bad season, but because everyone in the program hated him, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, if the off the field of stuff, stuff Jimbo starts to lose, then um, I don't know, the hot seat talk seems more real by the day, honestly.
1: I think it's real. And I think you don't go bowling, you win five games or less, I Think there is a real, real possibility he's gone. I think if they don't make the bowl, if they don't get six, I think he's out. I, I don't see how you spin that. I think they're thats just rock bottom. And I think um, I don't know. I don't think you can do that. Sumlin wasn't out here doing that. Yeah,
0: and like I said before the season, like if they didn't go ten and two this year, you know they went eight mm-hmm. and four. It's like you just signed the number one class in the country. Like you went yeah. eight and four. Like relax, you know it's not your best season, but like the talent is there, and you guys are building something serious but you miss a bowl game. It's just like, I don't know. Everything is, everything's reevaluated at that point. It's just, we see these college football schedules. Like, yeah, they played Miami at a conference, but they didn't really play like a juggernaut schedule at a conference. A lot of these college football schedules have a solid three, maybe even four built-in wins uh, at a conference. And to not make a bowl game is, is pretty bad.
1: For sure. Uh Matt Green, uh our weekend pick them uh, it's time for another uh just catch up moment before we make our week what? What is this? Week nine? Week nine. Sir. week nine pick, sir. So <sighs> what uh where do we stand right now?
0: All right, Chase Thomas on the season is a glowing 66 and 25 overall, mm. 47 42 and 2 against the spread. I am 10 games back overall, 56 and 35, but uh, six games back against the spread at 41, 48, and two. Mm. So still working to try to get back to 500. Uh, Zeus, on the other hand, has won, uh, won three straight home dogs of the week. Uh, get his record up to five and four on the season. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll see if he can get a fourth straight victory.
1: There you go. Um This will be good. This will be good. Uh, Matt Green, where are we going first this week?
0: We're going to start off in dark mode, as they Mm. are calling it this week, up on Rocky Top, the Kentucky Wildcats, 12.5-point road dog to the Tennessee Volunteers. And I look at this one. I uh, had some Kentucky fans in my mentions uh, uh, this week. You know, when I when I say Kentucky was struggling to to run the ball because mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't remember who it was twenty four seven Tennessee twenty four seven sports guy can't can't remember his name. Wes Rucker. Wes Rucker. There you mm-hmm. go. He said something about you know how can you not run up tempo when you got a first round quarterback like this, and I feel like it's. I feel like it's just hyping up, a, a, a like you hype up your opponent to when you wanted to make him look better when you beat him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this guy, he's real tough. One of the strongest guys I've ever seen. So then when you beat him, you know, you look that much better. That's how the Will Levis talk feels from from Tennessee people this week. It's like, you know, this guy's first-round quarterback. It's like we all know Will Levis isn't a first-round quarterback. I don't I don't care what Mel Kuyper says. We all see with our eyes, how good he is on Saturdays. He's fine. He's not a, he's not a first rounder, but there's multiple ways to have a good offense. You don't have to just run up tempo, this Tennessee thing they're doing. It's obviously been super successful, but you can also run the ball, play ball control, have a a good offense, be balanced running and passing. And that's what Kentucky typically does. And they, they are one of the better running teams in the sec over the last five, six years. But this year, they're just not that they're, I think uh, 11th in the conference in rushing so far this year. And while Tennessee has been really like that, that's how they're going to have to beat Tennessee. Like they're not going to be able to score with them. They have to play time of possession. They have to have the ball for 40 plus minutes. And even playing Tennessee, that doesn't mean you're going to beat Tennessee with these quick strike offense they have, but you're going to have to run the ball. Um, keep keep the Tennessee offense off the field. They, their defense has been really good. That's that's the one thing Kentucky does I think have a legitimate like edge here is their defense is one of the has been one of the best in the SEC this year. But they, they haven't been what they typically want to be running the football. Like they've been better since Chris Rodriguez has been back, but I just don't think they're going to be able to to hang with like a Wake Forest Army type game, right? Where one team just scores in 30 seconds and the other has the ball for eight minutes. Like that's the strategy, I feel like Kentucky, but I don't I don't see it happening. I, Kentucky hasn't run the ball well and Tennessee's been good against the run this year. So I'm going to take Tennessee to win and cover. They could be looking ahead to that big uh, matchup with Georgia next week. But uh, I think the black unis, the environment, that'll keep this, uh, this one exciting. I don't think they'll overlook Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think they're... And you mentioned getting the ball for 40 minutes. Like, Bama had the ball for 37 and a half uh, in the 52-49 win for the Vols. Vols only had it for 22 minutes and scored 52 points. Like, ball control is nice and all, but there's nothing more deflating than having, like, a 12 play. Just beautiful drive by Kentucky. Like, a beautiful one. Like, they just really ran it down uh, Tennessee's throat. They had a a couple big chunk plays. And then literally the second play from scrimmage, Tennessee just bombs it to Jalen Hyde over the top and you're right back on the field. I think it's just more arduous for teams to win consistently the way Kentucky plays. I think a lot more has to go their way than Tennessee's way where Kentucky falling down three scores is far more of a disaster situation than Tennessee falling down three scores with the way they play. Um, You just have to win a certain way if you're gonna beat Kentucky. And like, obviously, Will Levis is banged up. He's missed games this year. Um, We'll see what that looks like with the offensive line. You I don't I don't know if you mentioned that really, but the offensive line is part of the reason this running game sucks. And it's part of the reason that Will Levis has been knocked out of these games is that he's getting hit a bunch this year. And the offensive line, the change there, I think, has been the biggest difference with Kentucky from a year ago versus this year, where like Kentucky obviously lost their offensive line coach. He goes to Bama. Uh, This offseason and then you also have just a bunch of turnover there and they're not it's just not the same same group. Um, Cole Kublik uh, former Auburn player ESPN guy. He tweeted this out that I thought was pretty interesting ball football scored 30 plus points in 10 straight games longest streak in program history. Uh, Kentucky football has allowed 24 fewer points in 11 straight games longest active streak in FBS. Okay, well, guess what? Tennessee scored 49 last year. With the worst offense, um, and Tennessee or in Kentucky, I think was a better team last year, and they got them at home. Um, so one of those things has to change, and Kentucky cannot win this game if Tennessee's scoring anywhere near fifty. Like for Kentucky to win, it has to be like the old Miss situation where if you're a Kentucky fan, you wanted to go like Old Miss, where you're like we stifled Old Miss, we took their uh big shots, but ultimately we kept Jackson Dart and t- check. We let uh, Judkins run all over us, but like still, we did, we we were a bin, don't break team and we were in it until the last play. Like we had the ball and we fumbled and that was it, but we should have really probably won that game on the road. Here's the problem Old Miss's offense and Jackson Dart is not Hendon Hooker. Like that's the biggest difference of Kentucky wanting to play a similar game to Old Miss is that. What we've seen from Jackson Dart and what we just saw from him on the road in Baton Rouge is different. He's not a Heisman candidate. Like Hindenhooker is having the best season in the SEC this year. Um, yeah, Bryce Young's the best player, but Hindenhooker is having the best season. And I think there's a difference there um, when talking about the draft and talking about just what we've seen to this point. Um, I just, I look at this matchup and I think it's a bad one for, uh, for Kentucky. Tennessee is eighth in the country, like eighth. Rushing defense. Like you cannot run on Tennessee to this point. Chris Rodriguez, if he's bottled up and they have to rely on Will Levis to do stuff behind this shaky offensive line, it's just not a recipe for success against this Tennessee team. I think this is a worse matchup for Kentucky than I mean, even Florida was. I think Florida had a better chance of coming into Knoxville and beating uh Tennessee than Kentucky does. I, I don't think this stuff is real for them. I don't think they have a chance. Like seeing the double-digit spread here. Uh, I think it's pretty indicative of where a lot of folks see these two programs at the moment. Another fascinating nugget uh, from Connor O'Gara, friend of the pod of Saturday Night South. He said in his uh, preview uh, write-up, I thought was interesting. Quote, Kentucky uh, has not beaten an AP top five team since 2007, Matt Green, and hasn't done so on the road since the Jimmy Carter administration.
0: Mm, That's not recent.
1: No, I just, I'm not like, this is silly. I should be worried. Like you got like the upset potential at home. Um, you got Georgia the following week. Like I obviously will be like locked in everything, but I just, I'm not shaky about this game. This is not the one I'm shaky about. Uh, I, I don't think this is, if Tennessee gets tripped up the rest of the way at home, it's not this one. It's not Mizzou. Hot I think, take.
0: Mm. Hot take. If this is a game in the second or third quarter, you will see an, a surprise onside kick from Kentucky at some point mm. because they'll. That's the only way to be. They'll have to steal a possession or something like that. Like, cause there, there's just no way they're gonna be able to hang with Tennessee's off. Well, they have but, to force
1: turnovers. Like, if yeah, it's like 100%. three turnovers, like three fumbles by Tennessee in the first half, then I could see it. Like uh, that has to happen. They have to force a multitude of turnovers. This defense has to be top notch.
0: And they've only allowed four touchdowns. They're second in total defense in the SEC. They've only allowed four passing touchdowns on Mm. the season. So it's like they have been good defensively, but they also haven't faced a team like Tennessee and on the road as well. And I was also selling them short for how bad they've been uh, on the ground. 113 yards a game. That is 13th in the SEC. Uh, Mm. Only Mississippi State averages less yards a game uh, on the ground. Nobody has the worst yards per carry. They're at three point one yards per carry so far this year. Yeah, so like they just haven't been able to get it. All the the line sucks. They're going to have to play, and against Mississippi State, they ran the ball really well. And Mm -hmm. like that's how they're going to have to play offensively. And you just you're not going to see that. Like it's the the winning formula would have to be them playing better than they've played all season. And I don't I don't necessarily see that happening against Tennessee. The last thing I'll say: Mm Do you know the last two times these teams played as ranked? Both ranked opponents. Mm, 2016? Incorrect, sir. It was 1951. And the number one Tennessee Volunteers beat the number nine Kentucky Wildcats. 28-0. to Do you also know... What wait, say happened? that again. What was the original question? The last two times they were ranked playing each other.
1: They were not... Wait, were they both not even ranked last year? That's wild. Man. Yeah,
0: hmm. um, 1951. Um, was the last time. Do you mm. know what else happened in 1951? What? That would be one of Tennessee's two national titles in program history. Here you go.
1: Everything's so, coming up 98. People forget. Up 98.
0: That. Now it's coming up 51. There's, mm. uh, there's the things are things are aligning for the Volunteers.
2: YouTube.com uh, slash James Thomas People know about 98. 98.
0: Mm. people know about 98 not many people uh shout out the 51 team do not yeah. get enough respect uh is that a general nealon team 51 or is he like is he like 1920s i think i was gonna say 1900s. i don't think so yeah
1: i don't think so um yeah i would have my doubts i don't think it was general nealon yeah general nealon died in 1962 that? okay um yeah 1952 oh 1952 is his last year
0: okay so that was
1: that was him okay second to last year he was 173 and
0: 31 not bad. not bad at all
1: he counts four championships though 38 40 50 and 51 no is that right
0: college football you never you never know when you
1: get far that far back like it's just yeah alabama claims stuff that some folks disagree that they should be claiming yeah Um,
0: and the college football hall of fame i remember has a Claims a different year than Georgia claims. Like hmm. they had like 1927 and 1980 at the time. And the only two in the stadium are 1942, 1942 and 1980, and now 2021, obviously. But they're only
1: lost that year, it was that Mississippi State? Hmm.
0: Fun mm-hmm. fact. But yeah, 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 so 51, who knows? Last time they played a ranked Kentucky team when they were ranked also won a national championship so would
1: georgia fans be salty if tennessee really did do the lsu thing this year
0: i mean yeah georgia fans don't want tennessee to win a national championship what kind of question is that
1: but like salty salty (laughs) like really upset like you you had to rise and wait and then hypo comes in year two and just immediately wins a national title would that be that would be tough like what would it be worse i don't think
0: I don't think I would care about that as much because it's like Kirby year two was an overtime, you know, a busted coverage away from a national championship year two, mm. you know, so they also had the quick rise. It obviously took them longer to, to, to win the national, actual, the actual national championship. Mm. But um, I think it's more of just a, just from a competitive balance standpoint, it's like, okay, Tennessee just won a national championship. Like they're, that's another, you know, elite program within like a, Six seven hour radius of Athens, Georgia, like that, and that's why, like, when Clemson and Alabama were play, face, facing each other years ago, I remember I was one of the few Georgia fans rooting for Alabama. I'm like, where are we recruiting against Alabama every year? I don't want another team an hour up the road from Atlanta to to win a national championship. So yeah, so Clemson, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, all all in that like six six hour radius or so of uh, of Athens.
1: Well, obviously, I'm going to go Vols win and cover uh, for this one. But uh, yeah, I think if you play this game 98 a hundred times, Tennessee wins big 98 times uh, out of 100. But a couple times, like spook, it is spooky season, Matt Green. Yeah, wearing the black that- and orange. You the love the black helmets and- though, right? You're you're in on the new dark mode uniforms, right?
0: Yeah, I like these. I um I. I mean, I'm not crazy about them because Mm. Tennessee, because you know, I'm a stickler for teams that don't have black in their color scheme, rocking black. I feel like, you know, and Tennessee specifically had like the smoky gray thing going for them. Like they didn't necessarily need the second one, but uh, they look good. Like I can't hate on them. I thought the ones last year looked so dumb with the white helmets. You said it was a supply issue. I I don't care. It's not an excuse. It was a bad uniform. Mm. but same uniforms with a with a black helmet they'll uh, they'll definitely look tight there you hope go hope kentucky hope kentucky doesn't rock like some all white with like the chrome silver helmets like they do sometimes like
1: i like the look, chrome kentucky helmets. I, I hope You don't the like teams those
0: are a little recognize- no i hate the chrome helmets i hate, like everyone's chrome helmets i don't i don't think there's one team that looks good with
1: them tcu has some good ones um i'm trying to think who it's else has chrome it's not my
0: thing i i would choose like the michigan state like the matte the matte, like the flat coloring, but before I'd go with the chrome, that's not, that's not, that's not my thing. Kentucky just needs to rock some basic blue, white, blue, you know, I don't like when both teams on the field are unrecognizable. I got Kentucky are in white and gray, uh, Tennessee and black. It's just, you know, I need. Are they wearing white and gray? No, I'm just saying. Like, they I mean, probably have announced it. I'm going to look at that that's there. what they wore versus Georgia last year. It's just like all white with those. Yeah, I remember that. Chrome and silver helmets but um no kentucky kentucky i just uh they could have good uniforms and i feel like every week they rock like some some combination that i'm like they just look stupid but if they rock just some basic blue and white i feel like they'd look they'd look better than they than they did they're trying too hard with the uniforms that's what it is
1: yeah they haven't announced that they're not uh, leaning into it like tennessee does so i don't know what they're wearing this week um matt green where are we going next
0: all right, let's keep it moving. We are going to Ohio State and Penn State. The Buckeyes are a 16.5-point uh, favorite on the road. And I have a question for you. Has mm. anyone milked one good season more than 2016 Penn State and James Franklin? On. That is the only time that they ever made the big 10 championship. It's the only time they've beaten Ohio state in the last decade. It's like they play Ohio state tough. So it, it's like this app state reputation app state. Maybe my words. Cause they pulled off another upset this year, but it's like, there's this reputation like, Oh, Ohio state goes into happy Valley. It's dangerous. It's like, they've lost one time. Like mm. it's, it's kind of crazy to me how this this reputation has kind of developed, but with that said, all of the games have typically been close in this rivalry. So the last the last four since uh, since James Franklin got there at Penn State, Ohio State is three and one, but it's by an average uh, margin of four and a half points a game. So like every I think you got to go back to like 2015 or 2014 or one of those two for a spread or a margin as big as 16 and a half in this game period. So there is something about Penn state that I feel like they're going to play Ohio state close, especially if Ohio state plays the way they did against Iowa in the first half last week, like Iowa was playing a, like they might've been playing against like 20 players. Honestly, they were playing against themselves uh, and Ohio State in the first half of that game. Like they turned the ball over three times and Ohio State only managed like 19 points, I think, on because the off- they had to pick six to make it 26. But the offense only scored 19 points being gifted like 30, 40-yard fields for most of the, the first half. CJ Stroud looked a little off, like just missing, uncharacteristically missing kind of open throws and things like that. That said, they still scored 50 against Iowa. So... Obviously, I think I feel like they kind of ran it up in the fourth quarter, but that's a, that's another another conversation. But I if 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 they don't just like come out crisp and just making plays like they did last week against Iowa, like Penn State will hang around and like they'll make this a four-quarter game. With that said, I think Ohio State will win this game, but I don't I don't see them winning it by 16 and a half. So give me Penn State against the spread, but Ohio State to win it.
1: It's interesting you you just don't like James Franklin James Franklin though he's won 11 games three times since he's been there um still a chance to do that this year. they're six and one um still a path to them getting there. uh I think when you go back, I mean Joe Pa won three won eleven games three times in about 20 years.
0: Um yeah, but it's different back then. They're playing like 11 game seasons lots of times, right? I'm saying like, he
1: went his last year or his second last year he went uh, or hold on, that's weird. Okay, so 20, 2009 he went 11 and 2, 2008 he went 11 and 2. I mean James Franklin's gotten this team up to number 2 in the AP poll in 2017. Um I don't know. I think 9 and 4 the following year, 11 and 2 uh or yeah, 11 and 2 in 2019. 2020 everything that just third 2020 out the building and then last year they were injury prone i don't know i'm not a james franklin uh hater i think he's one of the best five seven coaches in college football i think he's in that that group
0: i'll give him. i'll give him five and four in 2020 because till yeah. this day you know indiana did not beat them michael <laughs> pennants jr was short of the goal line mm-hmm. so i'll give him a fifth win but i mean you're talking about five like a four and five, though honestly, in twenty twenty, it was obviously yeah. COVID. But and then a seven and six, like they've, they've they've bounced back this year, and they're six and one right now. But yeah, they still got to play Ohio State. Like,
1: I don't know. I think you're a little too hard on Penn State. Like, what do you want them to be?
0: I don't know. It's just it's they're one of the ten best was, programs in college football. Like they you have this reputation of like half what Happy Valley is because it's like it's a cool atmosphere but it doesn't seem like they necessarily just take care of business at home like mm. so i don't know it's i'm not hating on penn state but
1: they haven't won a national title since 86 man like they've only won four conference championships like i don't know i mean i i just think they're fine they're uh they're a solid a minus program
0: but they were still a powerhouse up until like the the mid to late 90s even if they didn't win like a championship like they were still like finishing top five and top 10 and stuff. I think a lot of people said Paterno didn't run the score up uh, on people lots of times. And that kind of cost him the, some style points over the years and like not getting ranked uh, number one at the end of seasons when it was a, when people just voted on who the champion was and we didn't actually play each other. Um, Yeah. So Penn state can still be a powerhouse. Like Franklin is a good coach, but I just found that interesting like looking at this this uh rivalry head to head it's like wow so Ohio State really like it feels like it's a good game every year so I guess that's mm. why it doesn't necessarily feel like such domination but Ohio State has definitely dominated this rivalry
1: um Penn State has uh this is coming from SI I thought was interesting uh Penn State has outscored 42 has outscored teams 42-15 in the first quarter of matchups this season Ohio State uh has outscored teams 114 uh, to 34 in the first quarter so both teams get off to hot starts traditionally so i'm curious to see how that goes this week because obviously both teams cannot do that um here in happy valley but i do think it's something to monitor and then the average margin of victory you talk about the history where penn state hasn't won but they've all been close like they're all super close the average, mar- average margin of victory has been 6.3 points per game in the last six meetings between these two schools i think it ultimately comes down to one thing like this is how we'll know who wins this football game if sean clifford has a running touchdown a passing touchdown and plays four quarters and is the better quarterback on saturday and outplays cj stroud who had a rough game last week i think penn state wins but if sean clifford has the nightmare game and sean clifford throws a couple picks
0: I thought you were going to hit me with some stat that they're like 12 and 0 when he has a rushing touchdown. A they've only lost one game. They've four only,
1: I think they've only lost one game when he has a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. I think they're like 6-1 and one or something. Okay.
0: I would not bank on him being the best quarterback on the field on Saturday. That was
1: bad last week.
0: Exactly. And and if Penn State's getting pressure, then that that can change everything and then this get this crowd involved. But um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is supposed to be back for this one. I know this Penn State secondary is really good, but like Ohio State like they just have dudes all over the place. So, I don't know. It's going to be hard for them to to win this one, but this is Ohio State season, honestly. If if they don't I think it's hard without some chaos with what their schedule's been so far. Obviously they're still going to have Michigan, but uh if they lose this game, I think it's going to be tough for them to to bounce back and get in the playoff. But I don't see them losing either.
1: I'm not going to pick them to lose either. I'm going to go Ohio State to win and cover.
0: All right. Put it on the board. Keeping it moving. Our next one, we got the Horn Frogs, the seventh ranked Horn Frogs going to Morgantown. And you know how I feel about Morgantown. West Virginia Mountaineers are a seven and a half point home dog in this one. So. I racked my brain on this one. You know, I, I went back and forth. The, the the Mountaineers are dangerous. Um but you got, you can't you can't ignore this defense. Uh giving up 33.7 points per game, 118th in the country. And that sounds bad, right? Mm-hmm. But if you take out some of those cupcake games, those non-conference games in Big 12 play this year, they're allowing 45 points per game t uh kansas state tcu just scored 38 on kansas state last week they're uh number one uh scoring defense in the big 12 they might score 90 on west virginia honestly Mm. this tcu offense i'm still betting on max duggan i know it's uh i know crazy things seem to happen in morgantown inexplicable things seem to happen in morgantown but i just can't see uh i can't see them slowing down this uh this tcu uh offense enough to, to hang with them. So give me the Horned Frogs to go on the road, win, and cover.
1: Oof. Yeah, this was tough. Um, West Virginia, obviously a big win uh, this past week. Big upset win. Uh, and West Virginia then getting killed by Texas Tech, uh, I think, this following week, right? That, wasn't that last week? Um, wasn't it?
0: Yes, I believe that was. So that was Texas the order State. of events. Yeah, 48-10 this past week.
1: Yeah, Texas Tech, who had a freshman quarterback, uh, looks like he's going to be a dude uh, for Jay McGuire and those Red Raiders. But Pat McAfee wondering aloud uh, if Neil Brown still the guy, probably not great for the state of the program. Pat McAfee's like the new voice of West Virginia fans. Um, So he's going to be like the czar of where uh, where West Virginia goes, it seems like. But he's fun um six picks for jt daniels this year not not efficient jt daniels he's throwing he's been only like what
0: 10 touchdowns
1: yeah so he's been a little reckless with the ball um both teams give up a lot of yards to the air uh west virginia starting running back mathis will not be in uh, available for this game another thing about jt four picks in his last two games uh completing about 60 percent of his passes I just don't like that matchup. I don't know. I just don't trust this offense, and I don't trust what I've seen to this point from the Mountaineers to get this done against uh, a great TCU team. And I think this TCU defense is going to cause some problems for uh, JT and company. So I think JT's going to throw a couple more picks in this one. But something else to monitor: West Virginia's kicker, eleven for eleven this year. So if it does come down to a uh, three and a half point spread, or they're right there, uh, and West Virginia has an opportunity to win late. The field goal they have a kicker for it so uh keep that in mind if it uh it comes down to it but now i'm gonna go tcu to win
0: and cover all right put it on the board um our next one we got notre dame going on the road to syracuse syracuse is a two and a half point favorite in this one a little surprising um just with how much better they've been the notre dame so far this year this feels like such a letdown game mm. right like like syracuse almost beat clemson by all intents and purposes it's like a good performance right like you're syracuse has like basically zero respect nationally as a football program to take clemson to the wire like that in death valley it's basically like it's you know no such thing as moral victories but it's kind of a moral victory mm. um it feels like notre dame will be a letdown But I just look at this, I look at this Notre Dame team and they're just, they're just so uninspiring. Like what are they 82nd ranked offense in the country? Like I just, this Syracuse defense is just really solid. And I think at home, I I don't, I don't see them losing this one. So Hmm. I'm going back and forth. I just don't, I don't like Notre Dame. It feels like they might get off to a slow start, but. I, uh, I don't like Notre Dame enough to to pick them to win. So give me Syracuse, but not super confident.
1: Interesting. I think people like don't give Syracuse enough credit for pushing Clemson to that point where they're up uh, two scores on Clemson uh, going into the second half, on the road, tough environment. Um, just really, really put Clemson uh, in the blender defensively. Like they did just great work like obviously that fumble return uh was a huge play and the the touchdown return um syracuse that showed out and that was with sean tucker really not being a factor for uh the Orangemen. but i think getting back home is big for them i think syracuse is fine i think they've actually kind of proved who they are and they're a really good football team um and one of the 25 best teams in the country right now and Notre Dame is not. Notre Dame is 99th in long scrimmage plays, which is not good. Uh, 70th in yards per attempt, not good. I just don't think that's going to work against a team like who is just really efficient at home um, and knows exactly who they are and what works. And Syracuse is a pretty close to a complete team. They need a little bit more playmaking outside um, to kind of diversify that offense a little bit, but they have guys all over the place, and they're healthy. And I just... I don't know. I think Notre Dame soars when you play a bad defensive team, like a UNC or something that kind of props this offense back up and gets them moving. But there's something off this Notre Dame offense and Drew Pine's not the dude. And I don't think they're going to go into Syracuse and win this football game. I think Syracuse wins and covers.
0: All right. Put it on the board. A lot of agreements so far. I don't know how to feel about it. Well, we still um, have a lot of home green. dogs ready to go here because Matt Green. I like
1: we've already picked two road teams. I think uh, out of four, which is a little concerning.
0: This is true. Um, keeping it moving, we got Oak, the Oklahoma Sooners going on the road at Iowa State. Uh, the Cyclones are a two-point home dog in this one. You look at the Cyclones, man. Matt mm. Campbell, feeling for this guy. Um, we talked about last year I feel like not even talked about it. it was like unanimous Nebraska was the greatest three-win team in the history of college football right they may not have won any games but they were damn it they were in every game they played mm. Iowa State has lost four games in a row by an average of three and a half points per game mm. seven points to Baylor's Three points at Kansas, one point Kansas State, three points at Texas. They're they're right there, and they're right now they're last in the in the uh, in the conference, averaging 16 points per game in conference play, worst in the entire Big 12. But you know what? Just what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. The doctor ordered. Oklahoma's defense to get your offense going right Mm. I talked to you about how West Virginia have been giving up 45 points a game in the Big 12 and Big 12 play this year the only team that's worse in Big 12 play this year is the Oklahoma Sooners giving up 46.8 points per game getting absolutely torched by everybody they play so Iowa State Four in a row, they're too close to lose five in a row. They're This Oklahoma defense can't stop anybody. Give me the Cyclones to win and cover. Pull the upset. Home dog. This isn't the official home dog, but this is a home dog that I'm picking.
1: Interesting. You're back on the Matt Campbell uh, bandwagon, Matt Green. Um, Oklahoma is seventy-eight. 78- I'm just
0: fading Brent Venables, <laughs> in the Oklahoma team, more than anything.
1: You're giving him the Brian Harson treatment. That's what you're doing. I,
0: mean, I haven't seen him stop anybody. So Iowa State hasn't scored on anybody. So something's got to give. We'll see.
1: Ohio, uh, Ohio. Um, Oklahoma is seventy-eight, seven and two all time. In this series, um, Eric Gray, old Tennessee friend, uh, has been awesome of late for the Sooners. So that's a, a big part of uh, why I'm leaning Sooners here. Uh, he had a big game against KU uh, a week ago, but I think it's going to be interesting. This game will come down to Eric Gray versus the Cyclones run defense, which has uh, been fantastic all season long. They have the best run defense in the conference. Uh, on the flip side, Oklahoma can't stop the run. One of the worst in the conference and the clones get both uh, two big running backs back for this one. Um, the clones also have to go three and two starting this weekend to make a bowl game uh, this year for Matt Campbell in um, the Cyclones. So the pressure is on for Iowa state to uh, went to have a winning record down the stretch here, but I don't think it happens today. I are uh, on Saturday. Uh, give me the Sooners to win and cover my friend. All right, lock it in. Another road team. I don't like it. I just, I don't like how my picks are unfolding this week.
0: That's true. You took Syracuse. I mean, it's only, you only took TCU and Oklahoma so far. We're at oh, three. No, State. I have oh, Ohio, Ohio State. State That's yeah. true. You didn't take Kentucky. That might be the road dog you should have taken. <laughs> um, keeping it moving. 330 CBS, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia, Florida. The Bulldogs are a 22-point favorite in this one. I want to say I heard that was the the largest uh, Georgia's ever been favored in this matchup mm. since 2000. There have been five games where Georgia is top 10 and Florida is unranked.
2: Mm. Georgia is
0: only three and two in those games. Uh, however, they're 2-0 and under Kirby Smart in such games, and they're winning by 31 points per game, uh, which would be the 2017 game and the 2021 game. So it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Crazy things happen in f- Georgia, Florida, but uh, it feels like this rivalry that for so much of my life was just dominated by the Gators. It feels like the turntables have turned. <laughs> Uh, the, Georgia's won four of the last five in this series, Florida, actually, I, so who does this team sound like Florida leads the, uh, the sec in yards per carry so far this year, uh, mm-hmm. kind of surprising, um, especially with how bad they've been throwing the ball. So this game is at a neutral site. There's an athletic quarterback and there's a team with a, basically I, you could say a, a, an elite running game uh, statistically. I'd say that pretty much describes the Georgia Oregon game. A athletic quarterback, a neutral site, and a dominant running game. And Georgia absolutely smoked Oregon. And I think Bo Nix is a lot better than Anthony Richardson. And he's definitely played a lot better in 2022. So, it, that that's probably the best comp for any team that on Georgia's schedule to compare Florida to. And you've just seen under Kirby smart, these, these teams would have athletic quarterbacks that are kind of limited passers. Like the Georgia just has so much speed on that second level with the linebackers. They just, they don't ever seem to really give Georgia problems. Like, like they really seem to always give Georgia problems under, under Mark Richt. But yeah, I just don't see Florida moving. I don't, I think the only way Georgia doesn't score 40 in this game is if they, if it's like a, a 31-0. Like if Florida, if Florida's at single digits, you could just see Georgia, just call it quits at 35, nothing or something like that. I could, so Georgia's one of two teams in college football. I feel like we kind of like Tennessee's the sexy team. Ohio State's got all the NFL players. Bama is Bama. I feel like Georgia's kind of being overlooked. There's only two teams in college football this year that are in the top 10 in points per game offensively and points allowed defensively and that's georgia and michigan so Mm. georgia's scoring uh averaging 42 points per game this year their offense has been really explosive stetson bennett only seven touchdowns but he's taking care of the ball completing 70 percent of his passes this florida defense has not stopped anybody i think they're there's either last or second to last in pass defense and run defense. I think uh I think George is gonna gonna take care of business. Probably like a a, a 40, a 42 7 kind of kind of thing. I think it'll I think this one might get ugly.
1: Definitely a possibility for that one. I think it's weird that George is last in the SEC in sacks. I don't know why that yeah. is. Only seven sacks this year for the dogs um yeah especially because their
0: past defense has been really good but yeah Yeah. not not creating as i mean they have gotten some pressure but yeah not getting not getting the sacks and obviously part of you see with the the defensive line that that just left for the nfl it's hard to bounce back and jalen carter is another one that's been out that could be healthy and could return for this this one
1: dan jackson also out for the year right safety
0: yeah he is out for the year and um I think I've heard Ad Mitchell. He's been day to day for like three or four weeks. And it's sounding more and more like he's not going to play in this one. So hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. Dan Jackson. wasn't a starting safety, but he he got a good number of minutes. He uh, he he got that he got that great block on the uh, on the final on Keeley Ringo's touch on his pick six against uh, Alabama. I don't know if you saw that he at like the five yard line. Oh, I was at Dan, Dan Jackson? Jackson. Gets absolutely de-cleated by the there. <laughs> but he got in the way. And that's all that matters. He's on the field for a, such a historic play in UGA history. You, no one can ever take that away from him. There you go, Gainesville High School. I want to say.
1: Interesting. Go red, red Elephants.
0: Red Elephants.
1: Um, that's interesting. Also, but uh, the Florida is number one in sacks allowed, so they're averaging five sacks a game. Um, and I also think this will be the ultimate thing for this game. UGA is number one and um, only giving up one rushing touchdown this year total. And I think Florida just being the team identity they are and not having the guys outside of Pearsall out wide to challenge this young, or not even young, like the corners are young, um, Keely Ringo and company. I think they're going to be fine with the Florida receivers out wide and Florida's going to try and run. And I just don't think it's a matchup that works. Like Florida was able to pick uh, Tennessee apart through the air. And keep that one close because of that I just don't think the same will be true for uh Georgia Georgia's corners are so much better um I just I don't see it I I don't think that's how this game goes so I think Georgia wins big in this one I think this is a this is a blowout
0: yeah I think so I'll, I'll change it I think it's more of a 34 7 maybe not 42 seven mm. but uh, I think 34 that may have been the exact score I, I'm gonna go
1: 38 17 or something let's go 38 okay. 17 so 38 17. That means you're taking Florida. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. 38. Let's do 38, 14 then.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're taking Georgia to win and cover. Um, keeping I can see it a moving. garbage score. Like that's going to break this a lot. It's like it, the game's over, but they have a garbage
1: touchdown, uh, on the dogs late or something,
0: which is basically exactly what happened in 2017. And, uh, And 2021. And I think that's the one thing because you've heard people talk this week, uh, certain Georgia players about like previous players talking about the importance of the rivalry. And I think it was Chris Smith that said like Kirby Smart was the one that told him the importance of this rivalry. Like Hmm. Kirby Smart, like this, this is like as much as like Alabama's kind of becoming Georgia's biggest rival or whatever. And obviously Georgia and Florida aren't in the same position as programs right now. We went through way too many bad years in Jacksonville for this to not be the number one rival. And so Georgia just will never overlook that. And I think because those other two teams just barely missed shutting out Florida, I think you're definitely going to see uh, Georgia tr- Kirby and, and the gang try to try to keep it on in the fourth quarter if they can and finally get a shutout in this series.
1: I like it. Um, where are we going next, Matt Green?
0: Keeping it moving. Oklahoma State at Kansas State in the Little Apple. The Wildcats are a one-point favorite in this one. Oklahoma State just can't get any respect, man. They're mm. just they're ranked higher and they just consistently not favored. Texas now Kansas State. So I look at this game, and Oklahoma State hasn't stopped anybody this year. I think we uh we've both seen that. They've got three straight wins. Uh, in this in this rivalry, or in this series, I should say, last in the Big 12 in total defense this year. And Kansas State has the top rushing offense in the mm-hmm. Big 12 this year. I think when you don't have a defense, that's a team that, that's hard to travel. You don't know what you're getting week in and week out. And if Kansas State is able to, to run the ball as well as they have all year, which it's hard to see Oklahoma State stopping anybody, I think I see Kansas State winning this one. So give me give me Deuce Vaughn and the gang to uh to pull the upset in Manhattan, Kansas. This is going to be a rowdy environment. Even though
1: Adrian Martinez doesn't affect you,
0: no, they'll figure it out.
1: Will Howard is going to be an. The guy
0: that played, yeah, that started a couple years ago, right? Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's who came in last week.
1: Yes, and I think he's going to start this week. Um, man, I uh. <sighs> it's interesting he had a good game against TCU right like 13 to 20 225 rush for 31 <sighs> I don't know this is probably the more the most difficult one to figure out because you're like Oklahoma State comes from behind because remember they were trailing late uh they had to have a 14 nothing shutout uh over the Longhorns to uh sneak that one out but that was at home uh, like you said rowdy atmosphere in the little Apple uh Oklahoma State Number eight in rush defense in the Big 12, and Deuce Vaughn and company like to run the football. Oklahoma State number one in scoring offense, though, in the conference. K State number ten. I'm still just going with my gut with the offense. I'm riding with the team with the offense with the more ways to beat you. I'm not get. I'm not a believer in the Will Howard uh, sweepstakes here. I don't think he can. He can get it done. So give me the pokes to win and cover.
0: All right, lock it in. Um our next one going down to the ACC. We got Wake Forest at Louisville, the 10th rate, the 10th ranked Demon Deacons of Wake Forest, easy for me to say. Um Louisville is a four and a half point home dog in this one. And I look at Wake Forest, right? I went all when in the Wayback machine for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, sick There, they are six and nine all time when they are ranked in the top fifteen. Um, and two of those wins were the last two weeks. So four and nine uh, when ranked in the top fifteen all time. They've and it, they've had a lot of struggles recently. Mm-hmm. I look at Louisville and Malik Cunningham. I feel like this is the kind of offense, like the kind of approach that can that works better at home, right? Like if they don't, it doesn't travel the best, but I, I look at Wake Forest. And as much as I want to be like a naysayer of how legit Wake Forest is, this offense and Sam Hartman has still been really good. And I just don't believe in Louisville. I just, I can't. And so I took, I took Florida state at Louisville early in the year. That paid off for me. So give me Wake Forest to go on the road, win and cover.
1: Mm. Wake, you know what what Wake falls into? They're top 10 in scoring offense once again, Mac Green. Remember, they were one of the 10-win teams from a season ago who were in the top 10 in scoring. Tennessee be the only team in the power five not to win 10 games and finish in the top 10 in scoring. Wake Forest is on their way there. They don't commit any penalties like I was going through it. Like this is a they're one of the best teams in the country and uh, not committing any penalties. So that's a big one. Uh, Louisville does commit a lot of penalties. Six TDs, seven picks for Malik Cunningham this year. Just not the kind of year you're expecting for uh, a guy who I mean, a lot of buzz. He's been there for a really long time. This is one of the biggest games of his uh, Louisville career. Um, I don't know. I just wake 25 TDs, three picks. Their defense is solid. I just, I don't know. I think Wake is going to coast here uh, the rest of the way. I think they figured a lot of stuff out. And I think Louisville, um, I'm not buying a little bit of recent optimism with that program. I'm uh, going to go Wake to win and cover.
0: If someone told you preseason that seven games in, Malik Cunningham and Anthony Richardson would have like almost identical stats, mm. what would you think? Do you think they're both like Dark Horse Heisman candidates or that they're both? not very good. I'm not sure which direction I would, I would have gone with that, but uh, yeah, neither has been very good this year.
1: No, no, they have, uh, they have not. It's, it's unfortunate, but I don't know. I think this is it for Scott Satterfield at Louisville.
0: It could be indeed. Um Keeping it moving. The fighting Illini. On he might be a name to
1: watch, by the way, for the Charlotte job being a former App State coach. I wonder if he gets in the mix, if he gets fired. Um, anyway continue
0: uh illinois goes on the road at nebraska the corn huskers are a seven and a half point home dog in this one is this where i'm gonna go the home dog of the week not so fast my friend. <laughs> illinois i i caught you there uh Lee course i don't want to take your bit mm. um, Illinois is I think like the third ranked uh, rushing offense in the big 10 this year. But I want to say chase Brown leads the nation in rushing if individually, if I'm not mistaken. but Nebraska is getting absolutely torched week in and week out on the ground. This just feels like a vintage Brett Bielema, Wisconsin team run the ball, play defense holding opponents to 8.9 points per game. Nebraska has given up 31 a game. Like, Illinois is going to just, they're going to break the will of Nebraska. They are just going to run all over them. Give me the Illini. Go on the road. Win and cover. Mmm. The Illini, we keep
1: betting against them. Uh, Keep betting against the Illini to this point. Um man like they're just really really good mark whipple their oc of uh north of uh, nebraska said quote they shorten the game their running back is a really good player which helps their defense uh red zone they're very opportunistic and they are good on third down they run well in the back end and they take care of third downs and hold on to the ball we have to be really good on third down they can rush the passer and they can play the run well brett bielman has done a good job i've known him for a long time Basically, he just said they're good at everything. Like I read that quote and I'm like, okay, so they're good at every phase of football. This is what you just outlined here. Like what? Uh, like that whole quote was him just outlining one by one uh, all the great things that are integral to being a great uh, college football team or just football team in general. Illinois, number two rush defense nationally. Nebraska loves to run the football. I don't trust Casey Thompson through the air. They're 38th in passing offense. Now, I think this is a bad matchup even at home for the Huskers. I can see this being close. What's the line again? I want to say seven and a half. Yeah. Give me Illinois to win, but Nebraska to cover.
0: Hmm. Put it on the board. Um, Keeping it moving to the SEC. We got the Arkansas Razorbacks going on the road to the Auburn Tigers. Auburn is a three and a half point uh favorite in this one. Oh, oh you're skipping we, a&m don't know uh that one's last i just gonna okay, so that last you're sk- you, yeah, okay yeah.
1: and folks let me be perfectly clear the ucf and cincinnati fans this was not my doing this was <laughs> sec power five bias mac green uh, interceding here
0: that's fair i'll let you throw in a ucf uh no cincinnati no you made your point clear mac green
1: you you made your choice
0: this is what the people want. They want Arkansas and Auburn. Nobody wants this. I'm not watching one second of this. Who wants this? Oh, I'll be watching.
1: No, it's, you will not. What
0: time is this game? This is our uh, 7 o'clock like, ESPN, right? Yeah, what are you doing? Are you moving off Tennessee, Kentucky for this? Oh, no, that's the 7 o'clock ESPN. This is... Oh, no, this is a noon. I don't know why it's at the bottom. This is our noon SEC network Okay.
1: So, oh, and you're going to move away from Penn State, Ohio State for this one? You're going to move away from Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson with the best college football presentation?
0: You're oh, moving I'll, off? I'll keep it on my uh, on my flashback. I'll keep it on my radar.
1: Incredible. Oh. I cannot believe you're watching one second of this football game.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Absolute with, with
0: that said, the Auburn Tigers have won six straight over the Arkansas Razorbacks. Mm -hmm. and frankly hasn't been close average margin of victory of 29 points per game over this six game winning streak for Auburn however as bad as Arkansas has been uh, against the pass this year Auburn has been equally as bad at passing offense this year so it's like I don't feel like they're going to be able to exploit Arkansas's biggest weakness um, this Auburn defense has just gotten uh, run all over this year. And and that's what Arkansas wants to do offensively with KJ Jefferson. in. like, I feel like this has to feel like the longest season ever for Arkansas fans. Like it's well, like, we've talked about some like teams like Ohio state or Michigan have played like seven weeks and it doesn't feel like their season has started yet. Like Arkansas feels like they've played an entire season, like gone through, just the ups and downs of an entire season and they still have like five games left, but, um, uh, it's been, it's been a tough one so far. What are they, are they four and three? Or are they three and four? They're four and three. Four and three. So bounce back with a win over, over BYU. Both of these teams coming off a bye. not sure who that's better for necessarily probably Auburn because they got a lot of things to fix, but, um, With KJ Jefferson, like we saw what they did against Mississippi State without him. They're a completely different team. So they feel like they've been written off because they're four and three. Uh, but I I feel like they're still a solid team. So I like them to go on the road and uh and beat out Auburn. So give me give me the Razorbacks to win and cover. Need to get back in the win column.
1: Oh man. I think the Razorbacks win too. You know who's awful? The Auburn Tigers. It took overtime and a really dumb play by Mizzou for them not to have just a really long losing streak right now. Nothing's working like they're everyone's entering the portal. Wow. It would be five straight losses. Yeah. Like they're not winning this football game. Like it's over. This is all ending badly. I don't know what we're doing. Arkansas wins <laughs> big and they cover if they don't. Huge, huge questions about this program going forward. Like this is a no excuse win. the the streak has to end against Auburn
0: this year. That's fair. It does have to end this year. Uh, this ends now, um, (laughs) (laughs) keeping it moving. Um, Ole Miss at Texas A&M, you know, me biggest, biggest rebel fan we got, uh, in college football. Uh, this guy over here, Mm. I've been skeptical of Ole Miss all season. And I talked about how, uh, how, Tough this this final stretch is gonna be for them. Um, seven straight or six straight SEC West game opponents to finish the season. AM has played three straight road games, which just seems criminal to me. Like, I don't feel like there should ever be a time where a team plays three straight road conference games. So, you know, the entire, you know, the entire house is on fire at AM. They're backed into a corner. I just have a feeling AM is gonna come out in this one. It's a night game in Kyle Field. Like, I think this game is gonna be this is the bounce back that a that AM needs. So I think Ole Miss was overrated getting into the top 10. I think they were very unproven to that point. And as as just awful as as AM's offense has been, like Ole Miss is just They've been giving up points the last few weeks. and so I think this is the game A gets writes the ship. They are the home dog of the week, sir. Give me the text A Aggies to win and cover obviously. whoo
1: a and m is a good home team. like even with everything that's happened, they're sick they were six and one at home last year. They haven't been home Mac green since September seventeenth.
0: Yeah, that's absurd.
1: That, how does that work with your schedule? Like when you're know, going September
0: through. September 24th, Arkansas. That, oh, that was. No, that uh, wasn't home. Was night, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Your, they have... That was your wedding, right? Yeah. Uh, 17th was my wedding. A&M, yes. and In Miami. Yeah. We're yes. watching that in the hotel. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's that's crazy. They haven't played a home game since you got married. Almost that's six you weeks. You were a married man. a and yes. has not played a home game.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. So I think that's part of all of this because AM is a good home team and that's a real home atmosphere. Like Kyle Field, all the jokes about everything. Playing at AM is hard. Playing at A winning m AM is hard. And look, they lost at home to App State. I get that. Jokes but I just I think they win here. I think Old Miss slides. I was thinking about going back and forth in this one. I think Old Miss is starting to come back down to earth a little bit. I think AM stops the bleeding just a tad. They rally at home. Um, and what was the line again? It's a two and a half. Yeah, give me AM to win and cover.
0: Mm, we're both going with the Aggies. Yeah. You know what else uh, Tex AM has not done um, since you were a married man? They have not scored more than 24 points. Mm. Uh, they played five games and haven't scored 24 since. Uh, they scored 31 against Sam Houston in the opener. So hmm. this Ole Miss might be what the doctor ordered facing this this susceptible Ole Miss defense. Possibly, possibly. But yeah, that's all we got for the pickup, man. We'll uh, we'll see how it we'll see how it all shakes out. So how many disagreements do we have total? Uh, we had a few there down the stretch. Um, well, let me see here. We we disagreed. On Oklahoma State, Kansas State, OU, Iowa State. Oh, down. speaking of, I got a quote for you from Kiffin. Did you see what Kiffin
1: said ahead of this game?
0: That's pretty much it. And then a couple of we both a couple of us had uh, some of the win, but someone else cover. But yeah, only two like true disagreements. But what do you say?
1: Kiffin said, "Quote: DJ really turned around our defense here and played really good, especially the second half of last year." Kiffin said quote We tried to keep him because he did a great job. Got outbid. Kind of a common theme with that program. He's done a really good job there. Mm. They're very multiple in doing a lot of good things. Lane Kiffin, man. He does not care.
0: Yeah, I got to respect it. Yeah. Uh, Lane Kiffin just always talking shit, always poking the bear. I uh that's why I can't hate on it. It's yeah. like he he keeps the league fresh. I uh, I like it.
1: Future Auburn Tiger head coach Lane Kiffin. Um,
0: if the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets don't make a run for him,
1: no, I feel like that's a Bill O'Brien job, right? Like the Alabama guy coming in, Bill O'Brien connections to Alabama, all right to Georgia O'Brien, Tech.
0: Is that he has Georgia Tech connections? Yeah, he was assistant coach there. I don't know. Is Bill O'Brien? Does that get you excited? I feel like Tech's got to get a young, a young guy, a young. A no, young you
1: did recruiter. the whole like rejuvenation with uh, Jeff Collins, where it's like we're gonna be. Fun and young, and they need a recruiter. Cool.
0: They need a recruiter. I, Bill O'Brien does not. He
1: pretty well at P- Penn State. How long did he last at Penn State? So he was at Georgia Tech, by the way, from 1995 to 2002.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. That's uh,
1: George Godsey and him are close. You bring back George Godsey to run the offense. OC George, George Godsey. Godsey.
0: Um, George Godsey, great memory for Reggie Ball, QB coach. Uh, reggie ball george godsey's provided some some great memories for georgia fans um but yeah i mean I, I can't really rule out anybody for georgia Tech because i don't really know like what their ballpark is like i hmm. i don't know who's really interested in that job like who sees a high ceiling at that job like i just i really have no clue it's an acc job in the middle of the southeast like a power five job in the middle like right in the heart of the southeast like on paper, it's got a lot of things going for it, but with some football history. But I don't know; it's been a it's been a while. There you go, um, Matt Green, That's all I've got, sir. How about you give a give a UCF Cincinnati pick? UCF plus one. What do you what do you say at home? I think UCF wins and covers.
1: I think this mm, is uh, Cincinnati's sixty third in the country on third down. UCF is number one in long rushing plays but also Cincinnati number two in limiting long scrimmage plays. So the defense is not been, I just, Cincinnati's fine. I don't like the quarterback situation this year. They're just not the same. No Desmond Ritter back there. I think UCF scores enough. And John Reese Plumlee had a turnover heavy game last week, but at home, I think they bounced back. I think uh, UCF wins this one.
0: Put it on the board. Bounce house. Yeah, watch that one
1: home. over freaking uh,
0: Auburn, Arkansas,
1: A and M.
0: That's a three thirty kickoff, so okay. uh, my my TV will likely <laughs> never be on the UCF Cincinnati game. Like I'll, I'll I'll check out, you know, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Like I'll 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 flip over, but mm-hmm. uh, Georgia Florida will be front and center three thirty on Saturday.
1: Nice little appetizer before the big dogs play at seven.
0: And I want to throw some shade at uh, a a baby shower. Not a baby shower actually I have to be at this weekend. A baby Uh sprinkle. What is that? As a second child. But uh, one of my best friends... Wait, do you call
1: it a sprinkle at, for the second child? Is it a sprinkle? sprinkle?
0: I guess because like a shower is like a heavy, you know, heavy rain. Sprinkle uh-huh. is just like well, it's a little something. A little something, something. It's not as big as a baby shower, I guess. But it's like, hey... Wow, wanna, that second kid getting
1: screwed weird. over here. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. He just came out number two. That's not I fair. She
0: got a lot of the solid... A lot of the first baby stuff that you can use for the second baby. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a baby expert. But um yeah. buddy of mine who's diehard florida fan they have uh decided her her sister and fran have decided to throw a baby shower on georgia florida weekend it's just absolutely what time is it i think it's noon to two okay so uh, you know i'll be able to make it yeah, home you can get in and get out but it's the principle so uh <laughs> it's it, he, this guy did get married the, the bye week
1: why um, not do it in the morning do it at like 10 to noon do it a morning thing that should be a morning party
0: it should be a Sunday. Lunch. Then. come on, baby sprinkle. We already had one. We already had one baby. You know, we don't need the second one. Um, but no, uh, but yeah. So I'll I'll be rocking my my Georgia wearing my colors. You know, because got to show out with with the Florida people around. But I mean,
1: you were wearing yeah. the Georgia colors at my own wedding.
0: You know it, man. Especially I was in enemy territory. Going yeah, through, walking through Knoxville. All the only thing me and Tori packed were were exclusively georgia shirts wow we had to we had to rep our colors and it was it was all worth it so i feel like we were getting we were getting the exact looks we wanted to get from from the fans decked out in orange on sunday morning they uh it was like it was a dirty look Mm -hmm. it was also an envious look like oh man there this team walking around ranked number one just just destroyed South Carolina by, like, 45 points or something. You know, it was just a – it was a good – Yeah, that's another thing that's going to are You're throwing on all these ranked wins for Tennessee. Don't look now. Georgia's got two wins over ranked teams. They won those games by, what, like 95 to 10, I think, those two.
1: Those two mm-hmm. wins
0: over ranked teams, so – just watch out for the watch out for those bulldogs or on. only one up, of us
1: is struggling its Mizzou this season. And it's not the Tennessee volunteers
0: can't explain, can't explain the, uh the performance the bulldogs had in, in Columbia, Missouri. It's like the, it's like LeBron's 2010 finals, you know, it's yeah. like, just can't explain it. LeBron <laughs> fans. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a black mark on his legacy. So yeah, that's the one thing this, this 2022 team, uh, if they play like they played against Missouri, they can obviously get beat by anybody, Florida included. But um, I think they've righted the ship the last few weeks. Things are things are clicking a little better offensively. I think they're finally finding more of a run game. Like I'm, I'm kind of curious to see who the one-two punch is going to be for Georgia on Saturday. I think you could see a lot of Dejon Edwards and Branson Robinson in this mm. one, which were really the three and four running backs coming into the season.
1: For that guy down there in tequila georgia matt green for myself up here in knoxville tennessee that is all we've got matt enjoy tailgating for parvey brookwood the battle of five forks on friday night as uh they face off uh part a great region showing you know i
0: don't miss a, uh, a a battle of five forks or whatever you just called it
1: <laughs> the battle of five forks yeah there you go matt green uh always a pleasure and i will talk to you in a couple days yes sir